What's up, guys? It is your friendly neighborhood black man, Jamar Burke, aka the sophisticated black man himself, bringing you one of two specials for this weekend. They're going to be released this week, uh, which today's special I'm recording on Saturday. It's going to come out on Monday past the, the new holiday now. And then tomorrow's, which I'm going to record, is going to come out on Tuesday because I spoil and I love you guys so much even those that are supporting that have been listening to the podcast so far I appreciate your support and to those that say they you know have been or should be you know at this point if you're not going to listen that's fine it's not going to matter to me I know who's going to listen and I know who wants to help build this network and wants to help support the show and support others you know support me and in my endeavors that I want to do but I'm not going to dwell on that so, again, I'm spoiling you guys by giving you not one episode, not one special, but two specials in the same weekend. And then in another couple of weeks, I'm going to do the same thing again. Well, I'm going to give you a special, but then there's going to be something else out there. You guys see it anyway. But for the first of two specials this weekend, everybody should know what it is. If you don't, I'm about to introduce you to what today's special is about. It's Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth National Independence Day, I believe is what Grandpa Joe declared it as on Thursday. So happy Juneteenth National Independence Day. Not to be confused with July 4th Independence Day. I, You know, I don't really know the distinction between the two. I don't really think it matters to me personally. I don't think it matters. But to some of those white folks out there that are still mad that there's an MOK day and now there's a Juneteenth day, you're mad about the days happening, but you're not mad about that free day off. So all you racists can stay in your little holes. You can be mad that there's now Juneteenth Independence Day, but you're not mad that you get a day off next year. Hmm? Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. So today's special, obviously, it's about Juneteenth and what it represents to my people to black culture to black independence to black liberation to black culture to black everything you know we have our own dictation or you know dedicated month in february which i don't agree with because it's the shortest month you know if you have a problem with learning about 28 days of black history month i wonder how much you'd be mad to learn about 30 or 31 days of black history month or in the case of an election year 29 days of black history but black history is a 365 thing it's 24 7 365 <clears throat> and so today uh, i'm gonna give you guys a brief history because as a black man it is not my job to explain to those that haven't properly given into the culture as much as someone that is black or someone that's an ally of black people and you know it's not my duty to explain that to you it's your job to do your own research and to find out the origins the stories of how certain things became to be like it's like tulsa or wilmington how those things became about and now about how juneteenth became a thing and what way to start it is of course just giving you the history of how juneteenth became about <clears throat> so, as most of you listeners know, 
There was a little war here in the United States called the Civil War. It started in 1861, really started before then, with, you know, um, good old South Carolina, where I'm from, and currently reside, being a state that decided to be the first to succeed from the Union, and in in since created this entire chaos that the Civil War was started upon about. Now, states' rights, yes, slavery was also the major factor in that. States' rights, people are going, it wasn't about, was about slavery, it was about states' rights. Well, <clears throat> you're correct, but you can't forget that because the North told those southern states, hey, you can't have slaves anymore as part of your state's rights to do your manual labor and stuff like that. And southern states were like, oh, hell no. Mm-mm. Nah, forget this. Forget this. We ain't doing that. Mm-mm. Hell no. And so southern states decided to secede. South Carolina being number one. You would think South Carolina would like to be number one in everything else, but no, we're not. We're probably bottom bottom close to in you know bottom close to a lot of lists in the United States for a lot of important things but not in the 1860s agriculture probably top five not even five um so the war began fierce fighting Abraham Lincoln who was the president at the time wasn't a commander of the north but essentially was commander-in-chief of the Union Army because he was president saw that the North was losing this battle and saw that the South had an unfair advantage what was that unfair advantage? slaves having not freed slaves but slaves that were still with their white slave owners fighting for the Confederacy and so a lot of people want to say that Lincoln did a good thing by freeing the slaves which yes in a fairytale sense okay in a fairytale sense, yes, Lincoln did the most honorable thing he could do, and that was freeing the slaves. All right, and that is when he drafted up the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, I'm a little fuzzy on when exactly this was written. I want to say this was written either before or after the Battle of Gettysburg, um, because the Battle of Gettysburg, as well as another, was it Antietam? Antietam. Battle of Gettysburg was fought in the middle of July, or beginning of July, middle of summer. Um, and so, uh, it, uh, it basically was a turning point in the war. And so, the Emancipation Proclamation, had to do a quick Google search, actually came out almost a year before Gettysburg because again the South was winning the war at that time um, there were two big turning points in the war it was the Battle of Antietam and then the Battle of Gettysburg Gettysburg was a turning point for the South because at Antietam the Confederates basically whipped that ass of the Northern of the Union Army and then because they also had an advantage of having slaves not freed but slaves fighting for them and that is when good old Abe Lincoln again fairy tale did a good thing with the Emancipation Proclamation but in reality strategically wise was like the southern states won the or winning the war because of the slaves we need to put a stop to this so what does he do after 
the Battle of Antinum, comes the Emancipation Proclamation, which was signed probably the same day that Antinum happened. And it's supposed to go into effect January 1st of 1863. 1863. Wow. Whew, that was close. Which basically said all slaves, all enslaved people in the United States, both Northern and Southern, were free. Therefore, giving full advantage for both the Union to use freed slaves as well at, as soldiers, which basically turned the tide for the Union at the Battle of Gettysburg. They had more numbers, more trained fighters, and were able to turn the tide of the war. So, Emancipation Proclamation was signed on September 22nd, 1862, same time as the Battle of Antietam, when it was almost basically the end of war for the Union, and then going into effect on June, July, January 1st of 1863, all the slaves were free in all the southern states. Okay, that was in 1863. Now, to get to the focal point of Juneteenth, we're going to talk about what led on two years later, after that. So, Battle of Gettysburg happens, turning, war, turning point for the North. The North starts winning more battles, all right? They start going through all the southern states. Sherman's march through Georgia, where he burned down Atlanta. Okay, that was part of it. Part of the, I guess, the liberation of all slaves. You know, of course, you had Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman doing her thing with the Underground Railroad, which that ultimately also helped a lot of slaves out. The slave population that was there then helped them out. But... Sherman's march through the South, through Georgia, burning down Atlanta, this and that. You know, the South was getting their asses whooped, deservedly, you know. Uh, there's still people that say South, no, the South wouldn't have. I mean, if Lincoln hadn't thought strategically, like, damn, we really need these slaves to be freed so they can't be fighting for anyone. Maybe. But because he was thinking tactically and strategically instead of thinking in a fairy tale. He did what he had to be done. I mean, to say that... I'm not I'm not going to speak on all black people to say that Lincoln didn't do us a favor, but he kind of did. In the sense that he let us be free and to kind of do our own will, but still not the same thing because then after the Civil War, a whole bunch of other stuff that happened, but we'll talk about that another time. So it's 1865. Alright, it's April. Battle of Appomattox. General Lee's last stand. And they get whooped. They got their asses handed to them. At this point in the war, the North, the Union, they know what the fuck they're doing. The Confederacy is crumbling. It started crumbling like 18, late 1863, 1863, right after Gettysburg. That's when the Confederacy really started crumbling. They had no labor for their cotton fields. They had nobody to keep up production of, you know, clothing, firearms. Hell, the fucking submarine that they were using, the H.L. Humley, which is stationed in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, fucking sunk to the bottom of Charleston Bay, or whatever the bay, whatever that bay is called down there in Charleston. It sunk. That was basically one of the, the tools that the Confederacy used throughout the war, and it fucking sunk. Because the Union army was also using ships and submarines it was, a, it was a different time that submarines and shit were being used in the 1860s but nonetheless the south was losing the war it, the tide was turning 
away from their favor and into the northern's favor. So 18 or April 19th, 1865 comes, I believe. Appomattox generally surrenders. This the Confederacy is no more. All right, Jefferson Davis no longer president of the Confederacy. Short-lived term. I don't even think U.S. history recognizes Jefferson Davis as a president because he wasn't president of the Union. He was president of the Confederacy. That wasn't. It's it's you know it's a complicated thing. He wasn't president of the United States. He was president of the Confederate States. And so good that history doesn't recognize Jefferson Davis as a president at all, other than for the Confederacy. So. It's April, okay? It's April 1865. The war had just ended. All the slaves in the South are freed. All of them, is, except in the good old, great, eh, state of Texas. Founded in 1836. Founded off of, you know, Texans. Mainly people that moved from southern states like Tennessee and North Carolina to help create or essentially keep this territory out of Mexican control those are like Davy Crockett um, Daniel Boone uh, just so many Texan legends essentially people that weren't even from Texas or that weren't born in Texas born and raised in Texas but were from other southern states form 1836 Battle of Alamo you know last stand Crockett's last stand a lot of you know a lot of last stands. A lot of a lot of shit went on at at, uh, out, at the Alamo. And so then, 1836, Texas becomes its own state. Texas then becomes a southern state because it's south of the Mason-Dixon line, the the line that separates the north from the south. Still kind of does. Still is less relevant than it was then. Okay. So Texas had slaves. Still going into the war, actually. They had people fighting for the Confederacy. Even as a state that's only been a state for not even 25 years at that point. 25 to almost 30 years at that point. And, you know, they had a lot of agriculture, you know, industries going on down there. Picking cotton. A lot of that going on during the war. They were basically kind of one of the, the main suppliers to the Confederacy. Not only in troops, but also in resources. Well, I guess soldiers are technically resources, but you know what I mean. And, you know, the war ends. All the southern states have given up. All the southern states have freed their slaves, given them, should have given them 40 acres and a mule, given them chances to live out their lives. But Texas didn't get the memo or give said memo to their black slaves down there because they wanted to keep up the production of everything that they were doing so when the Union Army finally strolled down to Texas on June 19th 1865 two months after the war had ended and probably two months after Lincoln had been assassinated is when Union troops arrived to Galveston, Texas. Basically the birthplace of Juneteenth. They arrived to Galveston, Texas to say, hey, the war is over. All slaves are freed. Now because essentially Texas had known the war was over. 
because again they were sent probably telegrams telegraphs and stuff like that saying hey we lost a war we have to free our slaves but because it's texas they were like hmm so the war is over and we have to free our slaves what if we just don't tell them the war is over and keep them to use them as manual labor to keep them picking our cotton and other resources yeah that'll work not knowing that the union army wasn't gonna just be like all right you know we we we're putting the the trust system on on texas to make sure they you know uh free their enslaved uh people no uh lincoln and in turn also grant because he took over as president he was the vice president at the time basically was like send an army down to make sure all the southern states are complying and so they did you know went through georgia alabama mississippi uh louisiana arkansas florida was still spanish south at that point that was still spain's territory um but they came rolling into texas in the galveston if you don't know where galveston is galveston is kind of a port-ish city um in texas it's a you know it's on the east coast of texas and so you know it's very accessible via ship and so that's basically what the union did is they took ships to galveston kind of hooked around the gulf of mexico kind of hooked around that boot of louisiana and landed in galveston and said hey there are no more slaves you guys are free now this was news to the slave people in galveston that were like oh the war is over it's been over for two months we're free and you just kind of have white slave owners like oh yeah we meant to tell you it's it's over but we did it for the out of the goodness of our hearts and so you would think the slaves then would retaliate against them no when those Union soldiers came on those ships on June 19th, 1865, there was jubilee and celebration. <clears throat> Black culture finally began to come together. After so many years being enslaved and held together in restraints that it essentially weren't allowed to come together. And first thing that those liberated people of Texas did was have celebrations, have dances, praise God, have jubilees, celebrate, eat, sing, just celebrate being free, finally. It took them long enough, but they celebrated finally being free and declared that Juneteenth was the final actual day that slavery unofficially officially was no longer in the United States of America that entire every single slave that was enslaved was no longer enslaved that day it became black America's Independence Day it became our 4th of July it's kind of ironic that it celebrated two weeks before the 4th of July but that's neither here nor there 
it created a movement of black liberation and black power that is still being heard today and it still scares a lot of people and as a black man I say to those that are still scared of black liberation and black power get over it we're here to stay as, as a people we fought so hard you know being essentially forced to come over here by the Europeans descendants of those that lived in the south fought here fought in the revolutionary war at a chance that we thought we'd be free in the north yes that was a possibility but in the south it wasn't it changed with the emancipation proclamation everything changed at the time it was good now not so much but regardless if that hadn't been signed who knows what it would have happened and so because of those Union soldiers that came down to Galveston on June 19th to spread the news we now have a reason to celebrate not only just this day not only just Juneteenth not only Martin Luther King Day not only a whole month of February but every day that black liberation black power black culture black love black everything is possible and is striving and thriving and can keep going forward to future generations I've had people tell me that I'm not black some of my friends have told me I'm not black and at times I would joke but also at, I'm at that point where I'd say I am I may articulate my words differently than other black folks but that doesn't make me but that doesn't mean I'm black I may have had more education than most black folks but that doesn't make me black that doesn't mean I'm not black if anything that means I'm helping better trying to help towards the struggle that we've been in for so long and helps get us to that level of becoming better and so this is you know just a message to any black person that's been told they're not black whether it's by somebody that's not black or somebody that is black you are black and however way that you be black shouldn't matter you know the culture you know the environment you know that you're black and you shouldn't let anybody tell you that you aren't you should be proud to be black and I know I am every single day yeah it's a struggle sometimes it uh, it's a dirty thing it's a dirty job being black and it's tiresome but I would not say I'm not proud to be black I'm proud to be black. I'm proud for my next generation to be black. I'm proud for the generation after that to be black. I'm proud to even if, you know, having mixed children, they are black. Regardless if they're half this, half that, they are black. They're, they are my black children. And then I will have black grandchildren. They will be black nonetheless. And I'm proud of that no matter what. I'm proud of the melanin melanin that's in me and that's flowing through my skin and I don't regret it any day at all it's who I am it's who I was born 
as is who I'm gonna die as and I'm proud of that the sophisticated black man for a reason is proud to be black on this day Saturday June 19th Juneteenth 2021 I am proud to be black and I'm here to let you all know that and so that's the end of the Juneteenth special um, again, because I love y'all so much and I'm spoiling y'all, I'm going to do a Father's Day special tomorrow, which is, it's going to get real, real personal then, but I'm glad to be able to give you guys this Juneteenth special to show you and highlight how Juneteenth became a holiday, now a national federal holiday. So all you racist white folk out there or racist folk in general, you know, don't be mad that you got another free day off. Okay. We we know the struggle, alright? So, um, that's going to be it for today's special. Like I said, this will come out on Monday, June 21st. The Father's Day special will come out normal scheduled Tuesday recording. Or, will come out on Tuesday at its normal time. This one will come out at Monday, probably around 9, 10 a.m. Give or take. But, you guys, stay tuned, okay? Um... And I will see you guys tomorrow, maybe? I don't know. It's just, you know, just stay tuned for that Father's Day special. This has been your friendly neighborhood black man, Jamar Burke, a.k.a. the sophisticated black man. And I'll see you guys later. Peace. Thank you.